What's going on, everybody? We are back and better than ever. And of course, we had Locked on Syracuse yesterday, but now we've got a new host, Locked on Canes. I think it's Locked on Miami. Whatever it is, we know that it's going to be a good time. Alex Dono is here to join the show. He's going to talk to me about all things that are going down in Coral Gables. I think that Miami might have a shot. I've been hyping up Tyler Van Dyke all preseason. So I'm just saying it could be Miami's turn or could it be for Miami basketball? Talk about a little bit of tournament here. It's all of the good things that you'll love and more. Let's get into it. You are locked on ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked on ACC. I'm your host, Candace Cooper. Thank you for making me your first listen each and every day. Of course, you have a rotating cast of hosts. And on today's episode, we are getting to know some new faces around here in the Atlantic Coast Conference. We have Alex Dono. He is joining us from the, is it the Locked on Canes podcast? Locked on Canes, yeah. Yes, love that. There we go. First one. We are talking about Miami. Got a lot of fan favorites here who are super excited about it. So we're going to talk to him about his show, a little bit about his background, and then some of the hot topics here that we got going around in Coral Gables. So Alex, thank you so much for joining the show. Oh, thank you for having me. And it's it's a good time to cover Miami because all all the Hurricanes fans are getting a little cocky. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie to you, right? With all with all the coaching upgrades, yeah. portal, NIL, like the Hurricanes fans have gotten very loud over the last couple months. <laughs> I think Miami and cockiness kind of go hand in hand. You know, they haven't necessarily had a lot to brag about in recent years, but certainly it might be a tide turning there. I would love to get your thoughts on everything going down. But as we always kind of ask around here, is the U back? Oh, I think they're on the way back. I mean, that's okay. I can't like I, I can't sit here and tell you they're back when okay. you know we've had exciting off seasons before. I don't know if I can remember one, at least not in the last 20 years, that was this exciting. But yes, I guarantee you, because I, I know we got the Florida State fans watching this as well. And if I sit here and I tell you Miami's back and then Miami goes seven and five next year, they're gonna turn that into a meme. So I'm, yes. they're on the way back. <laughs> that's fair enough. Now let's get into to a little bit of you and then of course to those Miami hot topics I want to know how you started your love for the Miami Hurricanes Miami's in my blood I didn't have much of a choice uh, yeah. my father is an alum and a University of Miami professor also grew up in the community and growing up in yeah. the 80s and 90s it was hard not to be a Miami fan I mean I, I grew up with some kids who had very deep Florida and Florida State ties who resisted the temptation. But um, <laughs> Miami, the, the Hurricanes, it's like Miami had two pro teams in the 80s and 90s, right? Because yeah. everyone was hyped about Dan Marino and everyone was hyped about the Canes who were actually winning titles. So the family connections and just the community roots, it was hard not to be a Miami fan. That is so awesome. What was your dad teaching at Miami? Stuff that I'm not very good at being <laughs> math. <laughs> statistics Ooh, yeah right I do not me and math as long as I can count my numbers and my money I'm good but after that when you start adding letters into that bad boy it gets a little dicey for me you know <laughs> yeah I haven't met too many people who are into broadcasting who were good at math so we all you know we're like a support group a hundred percent agree and so you have Miami in your blood and then you decide to cover the team and you've been through the highs and lows what have you really just enjoyed about covering Miami 
Yeah, I, I've I've enjoyed really the community, and I've enjoyed meeting so many amazing student athletes and so many coaches over the years, right? Because even though you know you, you talked about it a little bit, like this has not been the Miami team that I grew up with when they were winning titles, right? I mean, you, usually Miami has been the hype has been like way up at a ten, and the actual delivery has been like a five or six. <laughs> That's kind of how it's gone. But at the same time. It's still been an NFL factory. I mean, one of the mm-hmm. first players that I got to cover in person was Calais Campbell, wow. who just could not be nicer. I mean, being yeah. able to cover players like that, and Sam Shields was another one of the first guys that I covered, and you know, amazing coaches and personalities over the year years. Getting a chance to cover Mark Rick for a few seasons was mm-hmm. a thrill. You know, Larry Coker was the first mm-hmm. coach that I covered, and he did win a title at Miami. It's just it's been awesome, and I. Uh, you know, I've never lost my fandom. Like even covering the team over the years, I've always yeah. bled orange and green. A hundred percent. And now listen, I am a Carolina grad. And so I will say that when it comes to sports like basketball, as you know, we're a little bit spoiled. So we're very hard on the team. Like I, I don't know how to be easygoing, rooting for. I give them that tough love. So whenever we had to do a crossover episode, just know I will talk a lot of junk probably about Carolina the most. But curious your style. Are you very hard on the Canes or are you trying to give them that tough love approach? Yeah, I, I'm hard on the Canes for sure. <laughs> uh, it's, it, it's you know, it's so many times because here's the thing about Miami. Yeah. And maybe part of it is just the fans' fault for setting the bar just so high. But at the same time, like, they over the years they've managed to bring in top 25 recruiting classes habitually in football and they rarely ever actually finish a season in the top 25 so mm-hmm. there, there's some disconnect there right whether it's just yeah. the recruiting metrics are off or the talent development has not been up there uh from a coaching standpoint so it, yeah it's I I can be a little bit hard on Miami but there, there's the highs and lows Candace because when things are going well I get a little obnoxious when things are not going well. I get a little defensive, you know. Listen, welcome to the world of college sports. Is there a particular sport that you just love the most, whether it's football, basketball, hell, it could be swimming, whatever it is? Have you always just had a fiend for one of them or more? Yeah, I mean, my my favorite sports, uh, I mean, football and I love soccer. Uh, okay. Miami has Miami has a women's soccer team, which I enjoy. And I got a chance to call a couple of, of their games when I was doing student broadcasting back in the day. Mm-hmm. They don't have a men's team. It'd be awesome if they did. Uh, but the women's team is great. Uh, I'm a basketball fan as well. And that like when I was at school in Miami was when they made the jump from the Big East to the ACC. And I just mm-hmm. felt like, especially at that time, because the ACC was so good. This yeah. was right around 04, I think, when Miami got into the ACC. And I got a chance to watch, you know, Duke come to town and Carolina come to town. Mm-hmm. And and that really upped uh, my college basketball fandom as well. But football's yeah. still number one for me. No doubt about it. So you enjoyed this past March for Miami basketball. That was fun for you, huh? Yeah, and it was a pleasant surprise, right? Yeah. Because like I, I knew that that team had something because they had mm-hmm. a really steady regular season and the guard play was so good. But at the same time, when so many people doubt your team, you start to kind of wonder, do they know something? Like, am I in this Miami bubble? Because like every game they played in the tournament, they were underdogs and, and they were expected to lose. They get all the way to the Elite Eight. So yeah. I think it's a testament to Jim Laranaga's coaching. I mean, Miami's yeah. really, really lucky to have that guy uh, because, you know, you ended up having a team that had virtually 
no uh, no interior depth, but so many excellent guards, very little depth on the team in general, but the guard play was so strong, Candace, and they just didn't turn the basketball over. And so yeah. they were able to win some games they weren't supposed to win because of that. And that's actually that elite eight run that Miami just yeah. had. That's the deepest run in school history, right? Yeah. I mean, you yeah. know, Miami, it's, they've had some decent basketball teams over the years. Not really a basketball <laughs> tradition, but for Elite sure. Eight for them was a big deal. Yeah, listen, Cam Mugusti and Isaiah, Isaiah Wong were two of my favorites throughout the season. And I said Isaiah Wong can battle with the best of them and arguably one of the best point guards when he wants to be. Now, when he doesn't, <laughs> whole nother story, a whole nother Isaiah. But when he was on, he is better than the best of them. So it was certainly fun to see, especially just for, you know, locked on ACC, getting to cover ACC teams throughout uh, the tournament and a lot of surprises, a lot of stress, again, as a Carolina grab. But overall, a good experience for sure. Before we get into some football talk, because I know that's your favorite, I'm going to ask you about Manny Diaz because I'm pretty sure that's going to be the hottest take of the day. I want to remind folks about our partner that has a new product that I literally use every single day, our friends with Athletic Greens. I started taking AG1 because personally, I'm always looking to get right for the new year. Summertime is here. I like to make sure that my digestion, my energy, my everything else is right. So why not try some AG1 has a lot of great Benefits, a few healthy facts. It's a lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It has really good stuff for you. Tons of people take some kind of multivitamin, and it's important to choose one with high-quality ingredients that your body actually absorbs. AG1 is a small micro-habit with big benefits. It's one thing you can do every single day to take care of yourself and make yourself Great. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup every single day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash college. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash college to take ownership of your over your health and pick up ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So we're rocking and rolling here with my friend Alex Dano, the new host of the Locked on Canes podcast, where you can find all things Miami Hurricanes athletics each and every day. He is clearly a local expert, so he knows all of the good stuff. He knows all the inside scoop and maybe some of the great stories. One great story that we saw here this past season was a Manny Diaz. I want to get into football already. Like, I was rooting for Manny. Can't even hold you, Alex. I was rooting for him, but he let me down. <laughs> I, I wanted him to succeed. I liked the whole homegrown story. But at the end of the day, when you start losing the culture, the vibe of Miami, it's just time. And I think for how they let him go was terrible. But I will say what they got in return, you know, it ain't, ain't a bad gig. How are your thoughts about Ma- Manny's departure and the new intro of Mr. Cristobal? Well, with Diaz, I thought he lost his identity a little bit. Um, Way better defensive coordinator than he was a head coach because, you know, when he took over the head coaching duties, um, you know, his his original defensive coordinator that he handpicked, Blake Baker, was not getting the results. Miami was giving up way too many points. The tackling was poor. Um, after the first couple of years, Diaz actually made the very tough decision because he and Baker were personal friends. He let Baker go, and then he took over the defensive play calling for himself. Now, 
Um, there's different theories on why he did that. Was that just a budgetary thing? Cause they just wouldn't give him the money to go out there and try to recruit a defensive mm-hmm. play caller unconfirmed. Maybe was that just Diaz saying, you know what? Um, I just need to make sure nobody else is responsible for my demise here. And I'm going to control mm-hmm. something extra, but the defense wasn't good in 2021. And that was something that, you know, Miami ended up having a, a couple nice winning streaks near the end of the year, winning some games. But, uh, you know, one of the worst defenses in the ACC, worst tackling defense in the country. And for someone who has a defensive identity like Manny Diaz, he lost that identity in the second year uh, or in, in his, uh, you know, in the most re- I think it was his third year as head coach this most recent year. And I think that's one of the big things that ultimately led to him getting let go. I think the other part of the reality is, and I mentioned, you know, maybe there wasn't the budget for him to go out and try to recruit a defensive coordinator. Uh, I think as we've come to see in recent months, Miami had some some boosters kind of waiting in the wings, but they didn't really want to invest in Manny Diaz. They mm-hmm. said, hey, if, if we're going to start investing billions of dollars here, upgrading facilities, coaching budgets, NIL, we don't want to do it for this guy. We want to do it for somebody that we really trust. And I, and, right. and that, that that's when you get into kind of the ugliness of the college football business. But the bottom line with Diaz, honestly, I think in a somewhere in a parallel universe, maybe it would have worked out better for him if he had just had the opportunity to stay the head coach of Temple, right? Because mm. when Mark Rick stepped away, uh, actually right before Mark Rick stepped away, Diaz, who had been a successful defensive coordinator at Miami, was hired to be the head coach at Temple about two weeks later, Miami came calling. He left Temple without coaching a single game there. Uh, I think for someone who had never been a head coach before, getting his feet wet at Temple rather than getting his feet wet at Miami probably would have yeah. been a better thing for him. But he landed on his feet. He's got a good job now coaching the defense at Penn State. And I hope it works out for him because I think he could end up being a successful head coach someday. I just think it might have been too soon for him at a program like Miami. Yeah, a hundred percent. Because, like you said, as a fan, you know, there's a lot of pressure. You want, you want goodness and greatness. You want to bring back the Miami of old. But one thing I think people just don't realize is there is an extreme difference between a defensive coordinator and a head coach by way of head coach you got to kiss babies right you got to make sure everyone's doing the right thing you got to sit in these meetings and all this head coach responsibility that a lot of guys who are really into the sport or really into just the x's and o's don't want to have to do right but you have like you have to plan it in your schedule so I think like when you talk about identity that's something that I think Diaz struggled with in trying to make sure everyone was pleased and all of the saying all the right things to all the right people people it gets taxing after a while now he can go be defensive coordinator have his little weekly meeting but really get into his players and hopefully be successful you know with the Nittany Lions but new era is here and Mario Cristobal is ready to roll and I feel like you're just getting a very great coaching regime down there in Coral Gables can you talk a little bit about them and what you're most excited about well, the first thing that jumped out at me was um, in back in December when Cristobal was officially introduced as the Miami head coach, uh, 20 minutes after he was done introducing himself to the media down here, he was wearing the same suit and he was down at Miami Central High School recruiting, like didn't mm-hmm. waste a second. And I think that that's the Cristobal work ethic. I mean, he's such a proven 
accomplished recruiter. And uh, we're already seeing dividends. I think out of all the transfer portal eligible players who have visited Miami, I think all but one of them who visited have ended up choosing Miami to come in the portal. He was able to, on very short notice, salvage a solid recruiting class because he took over just a matter of, I think, a couple weeks before early National Signing Day. And then you know, was able to to flip some players in late national signing day as well. So that's the big thing because, you know, you go back to kind of the golden era of Miami football. It was a turnkey operation because it was a lot easier in the 80s and 90s to convince the really great South Florida-based high school players to stay home. Mm-hmm. The secret's out, right? I mean, you know, Alabama, Clemson, Florida State, Florida, even Oregon when Cristobal yeah. was there was coming in poaching a lot of the players. So you have to work a lot harder to keep those players home. So recruiting is number one. Uh, he's tireless with that. And then the other thing, you know, you mentioned it, the coaching regime. Um, he's putting together a big league coaching staff. And mm-hmm. you know, a big part of that is being given the budget to do it because you're yeah. not going to have somebody like Charlie Strong coaching your linebackers if you don't have right. a big budget. And uh, they were able to convince Josh Gaddis to leave Michigan to take the same job to become Miami's offensive coordinator. Uh, I really like Kevin Steele, the defensive coordinator. He's got a lot of experience and has had some big-time assistant coaching jobs in the SEC, has been a head coach before. Uh, This is not the sort of staff that Miami is accustomed to having. I mean, Miami is usually, even when they've tried to get kind of a bigger-name head coach, like it was a big deal when they hired Mark Rick six years ago. That was like a big investment. But then the assistant coaching staff was kind of on a shoestring budget. That's <laughs> that's not the way that they're doing it anymore. And then I think yeah. the big hope for me, Candace, would be, and I talked about this a little bit earlier, uh, the disconnect between recruiting and talent development. I've got to hope that with a better quality of coaching staff, you're going to develop that talent better when they come in. When you have somebody like Charlie Strong coaching your linebackers and Frank Ponce coaching your quarterbacks, I think you're going to be able to get a little something extra out of these players. No doubt about that. And one point you hit on when it comes to recruiting, one thing that certainly helps matters when it comes to recruiting is NIL and passing that money. And you talk about the golden era. You know, maybe that was a little more out in the open, flashy. You could do whatever. You got turnover train action, which I think they did away with, but that's fine. You know, everything's a little more out in the open when it comes to paying players and doing all that kind of stuff. Now you can just do it and nobody's going to be on your neck about it. How much has NIL, do you think, been a factor towards some of these guys saying, hey, we're going to really bring this you back? You know, for, for so much prior to NIL, Anything when it comes to facilities, coaching staffs, Miami has never been ahead of the curve before in anything. So this is this is weird territory to be in because Miami, I think, and I, it's it's rubbing a lot of people the wrong way, and it's concerning a lot of people because it's it's the wild wild west right now with NIL. But Miami is actually ahead of the curve in something, right? I mean, my yeah. you know, and, and the primary uh, benefactor has been. A local South Florida-based billionaire named John Ruiz, who uh, is he's a billionaire attorney. He's got various businesses that are in the medical field, and he's got this new product called Life Wallet. And wow. he has committed, I think he announced back in January that they were committing $10 million just to NILs. And it's not only football, um, mm-hmm. basketball, a lot of women's sports. They've got players that they're sponsoring. So they're, they're trying to spread the money around. But sure. obviously, a lot of the big money is going to football and basketball. I don't even think they're done distributing this $10 million <laughs> yet that they've allocated. But it's uh, it's really surprising a lot of folks because, again, like we're not really used to Miami being ahead of the curve. Usually when everybody's facilities are getting better, Miami's kind of the last one to do it, and they're playing catch-up. When people are hiring more expensive assistant coaches, Miami plays catch-up. They're the last ones to do it. But 
with this NIL stuff, Miami hit the ground running. And I, I'm curious to see where this goes because I think yeah. a lot of a lot of big time, you know, business people who support other programs are saying we got to catch up with what the Ruizes are doing in Miami. Yeah, listen, I would love to have a billionaire friend, that's for dang sure. And I, you know, if I could go back to college, I absolutely would. But there's plenty of time <laughs> to get some money potentially for all of our friends who are trying to get in on this football season that is going to turn out to be pretty exciting if you are sticking around the ACC. That's why you should tap into betonline.net. Their source for number one source, that is, for all of your betting stats and sports information. Find all of the latest sports developments, leagues, reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of Major League Baseball. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sport wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online is where the game starts. All right, so we're wrapping up here. Alex Donald locked on Canes. And of course, we talk all things Miami Hurricanes football, but we're talking, if we talk about the actual players here, I thought Tyler Van Dyke was going to be one of these freshmen who talked a big game, but couldn't back it up. But he shut me right on up. You know, I think of that NC State game last season. I was like, okay, well, wait a minute. Maybe you, maybe you got a little something here. How excited are you for the Canes? And I know there was a lot of talk about. Derek and how he was going to be the leader and win the coastal for them. And now you have a season to where you see this quarterback, this young guy, this coaching regime that we're talking about the chances of the coastal, which is always crazy, always up for grabs. How good are you feeling about that for the hurricanes? I'm feeling good about that. And I'm feeling great about TVD. Tyler Van Dyke <laughs> shut me up as well because <laughs> last year, honestly, I thought Jake Garcia, the other freshman quarterback, I thought he was better than Tyler okay. Van Dyke. So when when De'Ara King picked up his injury last year, you know, it took a couple games to figure out is TVD or is Garcia the guy. Garcia actually got hurt and just mm -hmm. cleared the runway for TVD, and then he was amazing. And, and, yeah. and so far, like he had a really good spring. So I'm I'm hopeful that that the freshman season wasn't a flash in the pan for him because he's he seems to be doing and saying all the right things to pick up where he left off last year and, and to get even better. Uh, you know, he he looked uh, – he actually didn't have the best spring game, but he was mm -hmm. really good in the spring practices. Like, he still got that command for the offense, the authority, the deep ball looks great. He's learning a new offense, so maybe there's a little bit of a learning curve there. But mm -hmm. I think Miami's in really good hands with Tyler Van Dyke. I worry a little bit more about the receiving core because they lost their two top receivers from last year with – Charleston Rambo and Mike Harley, you know, both mm -hmm. running out of eligibility. But no, I think Miami is is really stacked at running back. And I think Henry Parrish, uh, who transferred in from Ole Miss, is going to end up getting a lot of work. Uh, mm -hmm. Jalen Knighton, who was injured for part of spring, I think he's mm -hmm. going to be good next year. I like the tight ends a lot with Will Mallory coming back. And I think Elijah Arroyo, a younger tight end, is going to have a big year this year. So I, I think the offense is going to be fine. And the O-line, uh, I think, is going to get better with the coaching that they have. Still, I'm a little bit worried about the defense because uh, they, you know, they played yeah. 12 games last year. They didn't tackle anybody. So I'm, I'm still I'm a little <laughs> bit worried about the defense, but they have a lot yeah. of talent in the secondary. The safeties are really good. So, I mean, M Miami should be right up there uh, it, near favorites to win the Coastal. And I'm, I'm sure they're, they're going to get plenty of competition from Carolina, who's you know, mm -hmm. they've had Miami's number in recent years. But I, I think yeah. the expectation this year should be uh, the goal for Miami should be try and win that coastal because 
uh, and Pittsburgh, of course, in the mix as well. But the Coastal, it's been schizophrenic. Like, you never know right? who's going to win the Coastal. Like, <laughs> outside, like I, I don't think Duke or Georgia Tech can win the Coastal. But anybody else, I think, is in play to win that Coastal. Right. And you know, it's crazy as much as we talk junk. I think I think Georgia Tech is out of it for sure. I think that coach is about on his last leg. But I think that Mike Elko might have something there. Like you, yeah. especially if you're living in the triangle, you just feel like the energy is different. But you know, you never you never know. I was a huge Coach Cutcliffe fan. He could tell me a story all day long and I would be very much into it. It was his time, but you know, I really do love him. I think where the energy is is Atlantic Division. I'm like, I can't call yeah. it. I think NC State's gonna win the whole thing, but damn it if NC State doesn't blow it for themselves. So <laughs> we're just going to have so much fun this football season. Say all that to say, I have had such a good time already in these 20 minutes I've gotten to talk to you today, but how can fans get really pumped about the content you're going to bring to Locked on Canes? Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, we're, we, we haven't quite launched the YouTube yet, so that's probably good. You don't have to look at my face every single day, <laughs> at least not yet. But the audio, the audio is out there, my friends. Just search Locked on Canes. And you're going to see you're going to see those beautiful orange, green, and white colors on there. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your pods. Of course, you guys know this from Locked On. Uh, you great listeners and viewers out there, we put out an episode every single day. We've been talking a lot of recruiting this week. Uh, actually, on uh, on Wednesday's episode, I'm going to be talking to an attorney to kind of okay. clarify the NIL stuff. Like, I'm going to ask him straight up. Do you yeah. think Miami is playing with fire here? And I don't know what he's going to say. I'll see what kind yeah. of an answer he gives me, but we're going to dive into it. That's really great because I think, I mean, it truly is the wild, wild west right now. There's no legislation. There's no regulation. And it's breaking news that Mark Emmert has decided to step down. So the NCAA is up for grabs. I'm pretty much like, all right, it's been time, but that's another story for another. We could have a whole conversation about the NCAA, truly. Um, but it's really interesting to see how it'll all pan out. But with teams like Miami, if you start putting themselves in the right position, you really can have some really star-studded, you know, guys attending that university and females really, I mean, with Miami women's basketball, all of the legs. So I think that's very exciting times if you're a college athlete. Yeah, totally. It, it's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, Miami this year in every sport, it's going to be a roller coaster. Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, I appreciate you letting everyone know where they can find you guys. Come back tomorrow. We'll have some of the usual gurus giving us updates on their programs, and then we'll make sure that we get you tapped in for what should be a really good Freestyle Friday with Jersey Drake. So for Candace Cooper and Alex Dono, until next time.